1: Today on NFL Fantasy Live, Geno Smith and the Jets fought hard in Foxborough Thursday night, but Brady and the Pats would not be denied. We've got highlights and analysis on the way. Plus, it's a Friday frenzy. We've got must-starts, sits, injury updates, and Adam Rank's likes and dislikes for Week 7. Stick around. And last but not least, it's what you want most. Our list of top sleepers for Week 7 coming at you. NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose starts now. NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Matt Money Smith here with the Admiral Akbar Wacha, the Amila, and the Hoff, as we like to call him around here, Hall of Famer. See Hoff. I didn't get. It.
2: I just think David Hasselhoff, and I don't want to be known to
1: <laughs> <man>. Look, <laughs> by that. You don't want to be the Hoff. Night don't writer. be in a fantasy football Hall of Fame. Otherwise, right. well, you're the Hoff. Remember, you can always tweet the show at NFL Fantasy. The Hoff. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll get to the Thursday Night anyway. Highlights in just a few minutes. First, though. We can play the matchups now. It's been long enough. We have a large enough sample size. So, which star player are you benching this? I don't want him in and hawn. I want to know which star player. Fabs, you're in 11 leagues. So, I want to know who you're benching this week. Drew Brees. Although I
2: don't own him (laughs) in any leagues, I am benching him. And I advise you to bench him because this is a bad matchup. The Lions have the best defense in the National Football League. They have allowed the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. And Drew Brees, seven touchdown passes, seven picks in his last five road games. At home, he's gangbusters. On the road, he's a mixed bag, and this is a bad matchup. now. If you tweet me and say I started Brian Hoyer over Drew Brees, you're an idiot, Fabiano.
1: You're talking. Come
2: on now. I'm talking about guys like Tony Romo or Carson Palmer. You're talking to me. Someone
1: like Babs. that. I have Brady well, and Brees, and I bench Brady. I already made the decision, and I wouldn't have done it. I'm with you on the on the road, but the fact that it's indoors in Detroit, I'm going I'm uh, to roll the dice. Indoors
2: has not mattered I'm gonna if gonna you look the at dice.
1: the numbers. How about it, uh, Akbar? Well, this is I'm another. Matt, this is, Ryan. Yeah,
3: yeah, Matt Ryan <laughs> is another quarterback who's, who hasn't been very good on the road as well. You look yep. at, it, he's throwing six interceptions, more interceptions than he's throwing touchdowns on the road. So this is a very sneaky matchup. You look at this defense for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they've given some of these uh, elite quarterbacks, well, not elite quarterbacks, the solid quarterbacks, a tough time. They've, they've given Andy Dalton a tough time. Ben Roethlisberger, Cam New. these guys have thrown just for two yep. touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens, so you might want to just kind of pump back on, the, You're on Matt Ryan. You're benching I'm benching Matt There Ryan. we go. That's what we like to Julio hear. Jones.
1: All right, for more now, let's throw it over to Marcus and Adam.
4: Thanks, Money. We are getting you caught up with all the news and notes from around the league. Of course, I'm Marcus Grant. This year is Adam Rank, and we're going to get started in New Orleans, where on Thursday, Saints coach Sean Payton said he's still optimistic that tight end Jimmy Graham plays this weekend against the Detroit Lions. Heard earlier this week from our own Ian Rappaport that he expects Graham to miss two to three more weeks with his shoulder sprain, but Graham was at practice Thursday, so we've got conflicting
5: reports here. Frank, what's a fantasy enthusiast to do? So you're saying there's a chance. Well, if you've got Jimmy Graham like I do, I swung a trade with you. I got Travis Kelsey. I looked out to see if Delaney Walker was on the waiver wire. I'm looking at other options. I just don't trust that he's going to be able to play this week, and if he does, he could end up being one of those decoys.
4: Yeah, and those game time decisions, if it comes down to that, so tough. Sticking with the Saints, running back Mark Ingram has been a full participant in practice all week and is expected to play Sunday against the Lions. Ingram had three touchdowns in his first two games before fracturing his hand in the team's week two loss against the
5: Cleveland Browns. Any chance you see Ingram resuming a full workload right away? Well, certainly there's a chance he will come in and start to get to all the carries that he had before he left because he was playing so well. The big thing, though, is that they're playing the Lions, and if that team doesn't have to respect an offense that is missing Jimmy Graham, I don't want any part of those offen- I don't want any part of those running backs. Who do you think? it hurts more?
4: Who are the hurts more, Pierre Thomas or Kyrie Robinson?
5: Kyrie Robinson.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's back. the
5: one because Pierre Thomas is just going to assume his normal role. True. So Robinson may be the odd man out
4: there. On the other side of the ball there, Lions star receiver Calvin Johnson missed practice again on Friday. Johnson is still recovering from the ankle injury that caused him to miss last week's game against the Vikings. When asked if he thought Megatron could play this weekend, Lions coach Jim Caldwell said, quote, Miracles can happen. Ugh. Outside of a huge week one, Johnson hasn't been a fantasy factor this year. Rank, is it time to think about maybe moving Megatron?
5: Yeah, if somebody would take him, nobody, everybody's scared <laughs> off. Nobody wants to touch this guy because, as you said, he's been great for one week and then pretty much nothing. I mean, it's, but if I'm on the other side, if somebody's just really desperate to get rid of him, yeah, I'll take a chance maybe in week 10. He'll be ready to go. But until then, you know, somebody, again, probably can't swing a deal. Calvin Johnson being banged up is kind of a recurring theme the last a little couple bit too of years. Much.
4: It's, yeah. uh, it's starting to happen a lot. Bengals wide out A.J. Green missed practice on Friday. He hasn't practiced all week due to his toe injury. Frank, it's not looking good for Green owners this week. Do you expect Mohamed Sanu can have another big game on Sunday?
5: Yeah, he's going to be able to break out. He's going to have a pretty decent matchup against the Colts. They've been tough against receivers, but the running game for the Bengals is so good, and it makes teams have to respect that. So I look for Giovanni Bernard to do pretty well, Jeremy Hill to get into the mix. And Sanu to go out, and uh, he's not going to put up superstar numbers, but I think double-digit points is acceptable. You think that's fair, right? That's fair. You take that? Do you think Andy Dalton can prosper without A.J. Green? That's the one who it really hurts, because he's just going to be – I, I don't take it as a knock on Red Dalton, but I just say, you know what? You're handing the ball off a ton.
4: Yeah, well, I got Gio Bernard, and so I'm feeling good I'm that. good with
5: it. I got Jeremy Hill in a right. couple of leagues as a flex
4: guy, so I'm good. I like that. Panthers rookie wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin practiced in pads Friday and is officially listed as questionable for Sunday. The team is hoping Benjamin clears concussion protocol before Sunday's matchup with the Packers. If Benjamin doesn't play,
5: do you think about benching Cam Newton this week? I would think about it a little bit, but he's got a pretty decent matchup against the Packers. I would stick with Newton because last week we saw him running the ball pretty well. The arm looks great, so it seems like Cam Newton is back, so I'd start him. Yeah, plus I like the fact,
4: look, Jeremy, Jericho Cotter is not a guy you're starting every right. week. Jason Avant, but they're veteran receivers who can make plays. He finds guys. I mean, Greg Olson Greg is Olson, another one So he's right, fine. He's absolutely. Don't
5: worry about it. Right, he's stick,
4: back. Stick with him. Be sure to set your DVRs for our late airing of NFL Fantasy Live for all of the latest injury news and updates for your roster. Check us out at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, right here on NFL Network. For more now, throw it back to Money and the Guys.
1: All right, thanks, guys. Wagons East, gentlemen, get your warm fuzzies going because it was Rex V. Billy with the Jets and Patriots in Foxborough for Thursday night football. To the lights, they call high. Gino Smith.
3: Hey, it looks like Marcus Gray. Doesn't
1: it? <laughs> I've never We've heard never heard that. that before. Um, that looks like Tarik. Looks more like... Maybe not. <laughs> <First deception. laughs> That's wasting Little time, second, second. and seven. Brady all day, and this a beautiful reception. Wide Shane Vereen lays out. 49-yard strike. What Hats is he doing? What is he doing? What is that?
3: What is he kicking down?
1: Three Jets field goals later. Pats work it inside the five. Third and goal. Brady, Vereen again. He put a little basketball move on him. How about Vareen? 23.4 fantasy points on the night after a few more field goals. It's second and goal, and we have Chris Ivory. Hopefully you started him. Look at that. Following Everyone. his fullback, who was? Sheldon Richardson, by the way. Jets go up 19-17, and uh, Ivory grinds out 107 yards on the ground with that touchdown there. Pats up 20-19 now in the fourth, and we get to a third and goal yeah, from the 20. And here's Tom Brady with, oh, that fantasy pot of gold. Danny Amendola. Amendola.
3: You know what Adam Rank will say to that. That, that helps, helps no one. one. Well, of course it does. Come you know.
1: Tom Brady owners. With it, You don't know if that helps no one. Outside. No,
3: Danny Emondola. Jets no would line. answer. That helps Gino. no one right <laughs> there. there.
1: Geno Smith Jeff the Jeff exactly. That's the epitome. Exactly. Uh, Jets dice, you down know. 27-25. Geno misses Jace Amaro here, as you'll see, and just too quick. Oh, yeah, Not enough error for that too pass much other, yeah. for the conversion. Jets, though, would get one more chance, and here it is. 58-yard field goal attempt Uh-oh. for Nick Polk. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Chris Jones. Steve who, uh, remember, he was the guy that hit the dude in the uh, penalty last year that led to the field goal getting kicked over. Remember the Jets win and everybody was upset. All right, here we go. Your fantasy leaders: Geno Smith, 16 plus points, not bad. You'll take that on a Thursday night. Chris Ivory, though, the big point producer. For the Jets, Nick Fultz, actually, how about that one? 13 points for a kicker on Thursday Not night. Not bad. Eight out. Tom Brady, 22 plus, Shane Vereen, though, your top producer at 23. And how about Tom Brady? Weeks one through four, we were all asking, what do you do? Should I drop him? Should I keep him? Can I start him? No, drop him, yes. And now, weeks five through seven, nine touchdowns to zero turnovers and an average fantasy point performance of 24.72. Should I have started him? Yes, Yes, you should have. But I like Drew Brees, that fancy Purdue Boilermaker. He's got a soft spot in my heart. After Sunday, my man. I hope I don't regret it. Tom Brady, though, clearly the story here. He's got two or more touchdowns in each of his last three games. Brady looks to be back to being a legitimate fantasy starter, and that's why I'm putting him on the trade block. You want
3: him? you Well, look, I mean, he, he's definitely worth it because if you look at those st- statistics on that on that board there, what, what did it show you? It showed you that he has nine touchdowns, no turnover. So that turnover means that that offense is really starting to get in sync. They understand what they're supposed to be doing in this offense, and that was, I think, a lot of the problem. These guys didn't seem like they were all together. But that first drive, it showed you what Tom Brady and this offense can do. They did that against Cincinnati. They came out in that drive hard. I'm telling you, Tom Brady's got these boys playing. It's something he said to them or something because these guys are going. And I trust trust now in Tom
2: Brady. It's amazing that we're talking about the same guy who was awful in the first four weeks. I mean, we were talking about potentially putting him on the waiver wire.
1: That's I how think somebody did in our league. Was. That's how I picked him up at our That's fantasy live league. Yeah. He
2: was, and now he's done a complete 180. Well, yeah. clearly and he's unbelievable yeah. again. Brandon
1: LaFell, he's comfortable with now. Before yeah. it was just Edelman, Edelman, Edelman. Dirt ball, Edelman, Edelman, Edelman. And now Rob Gronkowski's to a little more, more healthy. Snaps. He's comfortable with LaFell, that tall target in the red zone. It just seems like he's more Absolutely. comfortable with those weapons, one of them of which was Shane Vereen. And we didn't know what to do with Shane Vereen with the injury to Ridley because they didn't run the ball. Vereen did his damage through the air.
2: Right, exactly. But that's where Shane Vereen is yeah. going to help fantasy owners is as a pass catcher because he's not going to run the ball a ton. What I did like was he got some goal line looks too. So that was impressive to me. And the second most carries for the New England Patriots, yeah, Jonas Gray. Three. Have you ever heard of that guy? Yeah. Three. three. That's it. So obviously. And how many bold questions did you
1: get by the way on oh, Twitter? Oh, a right? ton.
2: But you can't predict Bill Belichick's backfield. No. it's impossible. Next week they may sign Kevin Fuck. Who knows? But right now it is Shane Vereen's uh, backfield, and he's the guy that you're going to want to start. Out of that backfield, at least for right now. Well, and it's clear where his value is. His, his value is in the passing now, game. PPR let, leads, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah let, let's not make any mistake about it. He's not your running back that's going to constantly hit you right, right. in the A and B gap or g- get that edge real quickly. But they apples. will. But, but will they? What, what they can do is utilize him on the screen. Utilize him in the passing game, like we saw in this game, and that's where he's going to continue to add his value. I, I like Shane. Brown. Well,
1: the Jets are one and six, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a formula. And they like to run the ball. They like to run play action, Geno Smith is getting better. Uh, that was his best game of the season, but a lot of it was predicated on the success of Chris Ivory who finished with over 18 fantasy points and continues to average over 5 yards per carry. And
2: right now, he's a top 20 running back in fantasy points.
3: Yeah, this was the game plan for the New York Jets. They were going to come out and play do. smash mouth football against the New England Patriots, and you have that with Chris Ivory, and that's where you know at least Rex Ryan is committed to the physicality of the game, because this was a physical game and they control the clock, especially going up against a good matchup here against Against New England Patriots, they controlled the clock by getting that ball in Chris Ivers' hand, and he, and he delivered. And if he can deliver on that on 12,
2: 15-plus carries, you know you can trust him throughout the season. And what I also saw is that they continued to use him more prominently than Chris Johnson. That's now, Chris Johnson, case. he did have 10 fantasy points in the game. That's just been his best total in a long time as a member of the New York Jets, so Ivory is the guy. I, I still don't. I can't put him into the RB two like the high RB two category. He's an RB two, two point five. Low RB2. He's a two
3: point five. He's a two and well. a half. Yeah, that's what I call him a two point five. But you saw the difference between Chris Johnson, Chris Ivory, Chris Ivory way more decisive
2: when you talk and about running fresher, between the tackles, and he runs harder. Yeah, no question no, about yeah, it. Yeah, he, he's and not doing just, the other. There's usher. no question who the number one the line is, of you know, like you said, Chris no Johnson about had the carries, it. but no it's
1: clearly Ivory. All right, Captain Indecisive, ye of little conviction. You want to know who you're going to start this week? Say goodbye to Colonel Conundrum and hello to Admiral Answer. It's our running back and wide receiver lightning round. Plus, later we dish out our top quarterback starts for the week. See which of our experts thinks Brian Hoyer is a must start this Sunday. NFL Fantasy Live rolls up. It's time now for Player Comparisons presented by SAP. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Matt Money-Smith here with the Hall of Famer, Fab's Marcus Grant. You want to pepper us about tough decisions you have to make with RBs and wideouts? Do it at NFL Fantasy. So let's shake it, get going a little head-to-head, see who's the better start for Week 7. Fancy clock keeper in the ether, would you be kind enough to put a minute on the clock? And we go! First scenario, better start. Justin Forsett versus the Falcons or Alfred Morris versus the Titans? Marcus. I'm
4: going Justin Forsett because the Falcons' defense has been run defense has been awful. Can you believe it? It's Justin Forsett,
1: but right. Morris
2: is a very good play.
1: Better start. Keep it going, Fabs. Fred Jackson versus the Vikings or Frank Gore versus the Broncos?
2: Freddie Jackson, the best fantasy running back in Buffalo by a mile. All you
4: know, right. I'm going Frank Gore just because I think the backlash from giving Carlos Hyde those goal line carries means he goes back
1: to me. There has been some ebb and flow yes. to that in San Francisco. <laughs> Keep it going. Better start Ahmad Bradshaw versus the Bengals or Andre Williams in place of Rashad Jennings versus the Cowboys. I'm
4: going with Ahmad Bradshaw because he's been a goal line target for Andrew Luck a lot this year. I'm Through going Bradshaw also, but it's really close.
1: Okay, better start. Ben Tate versus the Jaguars. What happened to Terrence West? Or Brandon <laughs> Oliver versus the Chiefs. <laughs>
2: Woo. I'm going Oliver, but I like both. Okay. I love Oliver. I'm going Ben Tate
4: just because of the volume of carries he's gotten in the last couple of weeks.
1: All right, this is a tough one. Ready? Better start. Mark Ingram. Or Pierre Thomas versus the Lions? Close. I'm going Pierre Thomas because he'll
4: catch
2: some balls out of the back. I'm going Ingram, Standard, Thomas, PPR. All
1: right. Here we go. Moving on to the wide receiver position. One more minute on the clock. Let's try to get through as many of these as possible. Better start for the wide receiver position. Percy Harvin versus the Rams or Keenan Allen versus the Chiefs?
2: Yikes. Percy Harvin, but I don't love it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm going Percy Harvin, grudgingly. Only still had him on your team. Oh that's right, you do. Better I'm start. One. Golden right. Tate versus the Saints or DeAndre Hopkins versus the Steelers.
4: I am going to go with Golden Tate. Oh, I don't I, like either of them, but I'm, I'm going, going, going Golden Tate. Against the Saints? Yeah.
1: Their defense
2: Ooh. is horrible. Uh, Jerry Burns on the season. No Megatron terrible. makes me
1: nervous. Better start, Mohamed Sanu versus the Colts or Mike Wallace versus the Bears?
2: This one is so close, but the matchup dictates it. Mike Wallace against the Bears. Yeah, that's because you're trying to trade him. You <laughs> I'm
1: going Mohamed Sanu. I'm hoping <laughs> he throws a touchdown pass this week. Better start, Brandon Cooks versus the Lions or Terrence Williams versus the Giants. It's tough ones today. It
4: is a tough one. I'm going Brandon Cooks. I think those short passes
1: help a lot against that line. I
2: am too, but Williams gets into the end zone this week.
1: All right, better start. Andre Johnson, this will be our last one, versus the Steelers or the crabby one, Michael Crabtree versus the Broncos.
2: Look at Andre Johnson's numbers on Monday Night Football. They're awesome. Going AJ. I'm going Crabtree just because Johnson's been
1: so awful. Yeah. yeah, isn't it the time when it you just get off the game. Andre Johnson <laughs> boat, though, <laughs> isn't it like mid-October <laughs> <and> you're <officially laughs> it's, done with it. <laughs>
2: it has a big game on Monday Night, and then I sell high on it. All right, <laughs> fantasy
1: fans, if you're not sure which players to start each week examine the player comparison tool with insights from sap exclusive only to nfl.com fantasy users it researches recent performances and matchups to help you decide who to start and whom to sit. It's whom for both. Put it into practice by visiting NFL.com fantasy. For more on how weather might impact this weekend's games, here's our guy Jim Kosick of KCTV in the now regal Kansas City.
6: Lucky week seven, it shall be where we're discussing the physics of football. Let's, uh, let's actually come back to that one. Now, there is a storm system that's going to be up across the northeast. Actually, on the Canadian side, let's uh, hone in on this one right here, because it's going to create a little bit of funny business. Not so much in terms of rain showers, but wind. Yeah, right out of the northwest. If you're headed to M&T, dry, but wind's out of the northwest at 14 on average. Down the road at Raojean. 58 with the win with the Titans visiting and even up the road in Orchard Park. Got that win out of the Northwest. If there's any shower activity to be had for any football game this week, it's actually going to be on Monday night. Yeah, but listen up. There's a couple of guys that are not going to be on my fantasy football team this weekend. They should not be on yours either because the physics of inside football is different than outside football. Matt Bryant is a tremendous kicker, but outside the elements, four points or less so far this year. Exactly. Meanwhile, Bullock kicking into the open air end zone. You know what that does to a football, especially when you got the Allegheny and the Monongahela at your back? Exactly. So, think twice and enjoy week seven of the NFL season, gentlemen.
1: All right. Thank you to our man, Jim Kosick, there. Physics, wind, the he three rivers. All this-, all this talk of wind
4: and no Chicago.
1: Uh, you know what? Maybe it's not windy there. Eh? Per- perhaps it's not windy there yeah. like it is in Three Rivers at Three Rivers. When we return, it is week seven. If you're in a hole, I love to get a look on your face right there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're 500, it's Separation Sunday. We look at, at the ends of tight and reveal who's ready to deliver. Plus, it's time to get defensive. Next, we'll share the must-have plug play defenses this weekend. Some call it streaming. We call it schooling. A look here at your NFL.com tight end rankings. Always a hard position to sort out. Like it is every season, our number one in the NFL.com expert aggregate rankings, Rob Gronkowski. And you certainly hope with 6.8 fantasy it points. In the clubhouse? Yeah, it does not end up as the number one point producer in week seven. You see Timothy Wright, Jay Samaro, there at the bottom, 18 through 20. Well, hey, at least we got Amaro ahead of Wright. He got you 2.2, Wright <laughs> only got you zero, so we got that one figured out. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose. Matt Moneysmith here with Rank and Fabs and Akbar and the tight end position like it is every season. It's been a challenge this year, so let's help the kids out. How about, Akbar, you start us off with a good start this week?
3: Well, I'm going to go with the easy matchup here against the Jacksonville Jaguars and it's simple enough. Jordan Cameron, of course, his game against the Pittsburgh Steelers it was impressive. At had 100 yards, uh, a little over 100 yards, but that was that was good I mean, because it gave me a little foresight that, okay, he's got his rhythm back. He's back, but Brian Hoyer, he's he's been able to find him. And when you look at the matchup with the Jaguars, they struggle against Titans, especially in the red zone area. And Jordan Cameron's athletic enough to shake the boots right off the linebackers and safety in that red zone area. Points.
1: All right, Fabs, what do you got for us?
2: Well, I told you to start Jason Witten last week. He scored a touchdown against Seattle. Good matchup. Well, this week he's playing the Giants, and he dominates the Giants. Four touchdowns in his last five home games against the G-Men. They have a lot of the 7th most fantasy points at tight ends. And do you remember what the Eagles tight ends did to that defense very well, recently? Good. Damage. Ripped them apart. Witten was definitely a guy who disappointed in the first five weeks, but... Get him in your lineup in week seven.
1: Well, I'll go uh, off the menu because it's likely that Jordan Cameron and Jason Witten were drafted in your fantasy league. So, if you have a tight end that is out, say Jimmy Graham or yours is struggling. Scott Chandler picking up uh, off what you were laying down there, Akbar. Last week was his best week of the season. Does it have anything to do with the new quarterback? Perhaps it does. Kyle Orton has always liked to use his tight ends. And they are facing the Vikings, a team that has given up 12 receiving TDs so far this season. One of the worst performances by a passing defense all season long. So if you're in a tight spot, we're in a tight spot. I think Scott Chandler, a nice option. How about it, Ray?
5: I like Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have a great matchup per se, but it's not fair to just label this guy as a tight end because he is just so dogged on, athletic, the Chiefs What'd had a violent doggone, doggone athletic. What? You never, okay, I like never that. heard that? I that. I haven't All heard that right. a long time. Go ahead. Are you through? Can I talk a little bit yes. more about Travis Kelsey? Because he's so athletic. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. Andy Reid, throughout the course of his career, has been doing really well during the bye weeks. Always has his teams prepared and ready to play. And I feel... They're going to have some plays set up for this guy, so go ahead and get him in your own. Hey, room.
1: look, the uh, Raiders did some serious damage to that uh, Chargers defense that we thought was impenetrable through the air just this last week. And speaking of defenses, the Eagles defense has the most points in fantasy this season, but they're on a buy. So how about some defenses you can stream? Here's a look now at the top ten fantasy defenses available in over 50% of leagues. And this is based, I'm going to try to walk you through this here, okay. on their opponent's fantasy points a lot. So you see number one there, the Browns. They're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville has provided opposing defenses with more points than any other team so when you see Miami they give up a lot of points to the opposing defense that's why you see the Browns and the Bears on top of that so let's talk about defenses that fans can pick up right now and plug in for this weekend why don't you get us started Fabs well
2: you mentioned the Cleveland Browns not a great fantasy defense but this is an unbelievably good matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars and a rookie quarterback and I know Blake Bortles had a lot of fantasy points last week and kudos to Adam Rank for predicting that but he's still a rookie and this is still a guy who turned the ball over and money mentioned it the Jaguars are a team that if you are facing them from a fantasy defensive perspective well it's a very profitable matchup most of the time, and the
5: Browns are available in a ton of leagues right now.
1: All right, speaking of available in a ton of leagues, Rank, what do you got for us?
5: Well, you might have picked up the Titans last week to go up against the Jags, and if you did, go ahead and leave them in there. They got a pretty good matchup. One of the under-radar plays is going up against the Washington offense, who have allowed the fourth-most points The fantasy defenses this season. So if you still got the Titans in there, they are pretty good. Six sacks last week, they had an interception, and a fumble recovery. So just leave them in there. Plug and play. You're ready to go.
1: All right, Akbar. What do we got? Well, you were
5: just talking about that Raiders game against the San
3: Diego Chargers. And I think the San Diego Chargers, they got caught off guard against the Oakland Raiders. They had a lot of tendency breakers because they have a new head coach. So there's a lot of little wrinkles that they weren't able to catch on. But what I will tell you, having played under John Pagano Pagano as my uh, linebacker coach for the San Diego Chargers, I know his mentality. And he's going to bring a lot of pressure, of course, towards uh, their quarterback, Alex Smith. But when you look at how they play at home, they are sensational. They beat the Seattle Seahawks. They shut out the New York Jets, who just gave the Patriots a hard time, and they crushed the Jacksonville Jaguars. They continue that home momentum.
1: Uh, I was, Well, let's see. I'm trying to think if the week I said pick up the Bears, I think they let you down and got you like negative five points. But this is the week. <laughs> they take care of you. Uh, the Bears, we mentioned it in the chart there. You see the Miami Dolphins. They have uh, given up the third most points to opposing defenses this season. They've lost six fumbles. The Bears, believe it or not, have not allowed a. 100-yard rusher this season, which means Ryan Tannehill going to have to put that ball up in the air if that trend holds, and that means a very opportunistic secondary led by rookie Kyle Fuller has a chance to pick off a few of those passes and, as you see right here, Take it to Pager That's to my get you that, uh, that would be Ryan Mundy, exactly. Do him. Did him? you have lunch with yeah, him? Yeah, you know, call yeah, him, yeah. We, we, you text? All right. Right uh, What other show lets fans dictate the content? Coming up, we hit the Twitterverse to see what fantasy owners really want to hear about, and the answer may surprise you. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Ryan Mundy. No more. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, if you're stuck on whom to start this Sunday, you're not going to want to miss this. We reveal our list of players that you can't afford to bench. Plus, you may think you have your lineup figured out, but doesn't have the Adam Rank stamp of approval. Don't miss which players he says need to ride the pine come Sunday. And don't be that person that loses because you left points on your bench. Our list of sleepers is sure to put your team over the top. NFL Fantasy Live rolls off. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bo's. Matt Money-Smith here with Akbar Fabs. And Marcus, remember, you can always hit us up on Twitter at NFL Fantasy. Now, week seven, it's already started. It kicked off last night, Thursday night, between the Jets and Patriots. So, time to reset with some highlights. Pats down 9-7 here in the second. Brady, Shane Marine. Oh, got him, coach. Three-yard touchdown. His second of the game finishes the night with 23.4 fantasy points after a few more field goals Chris Ivory plunges in Mm. from a yard out Jets go up 19-17 Ivory with a big night 107 yards and that touchdown Pats now up 20-19 in the fourth third and goal and this you know what we have not mentioned his name except with negatives (laughs) all season Danny with a beautiful grab Jets within two chance to win Nick Vogue Chris Jones blocks it and atones, atones, atones for his mistake last yeah, yeah, year with <laughs> that penalty. Not yeah, very friendly. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Here no, you go, no, your for... uh, leaders, Geno Smith. It didn't look like it. Though. What did you guys project, Geno? Didn't one of you project Geno to have, like, two points?
3: I think a I two had and him at nine. I, and <laughs> I had him at six points. That's
1: four. just mean, man. I had him at six points. That's just four. mean, I'm Sorry, Geno, but I was close. There's a
3: six and a four in there.
1: Yeah. Chris Ivory. I think a lot of people probably had Chris Ivory on their bench and certainly are disappointed. I know somebody asked me if they should start Shane Vereen or Brandon Oliver, and I was like,
4: ah, Brandon Oliver all night. Bro. Which means next week it'll be Brandon Bulldog. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right, here you go. Wide receiver rankings. According to our experts at NFL.com, this is your aggregate ranking. Jordy Nelson going up against the Panthers in the number one slot. A lot of familiar names there in the top five. They've been the top five, actually. That is a good-looking list of receivers right there. You see Manny Sanders, the number two or maybe now the three in Denver with Wes Welker back. Julian Edelman let you down. 5.2 5.2 fantasy points in that contest versus the Jets. So, let's talk about those wide receiver starts that we like this week. Fabs, get us started. Let's talk about
2: Mike Wallace, shall we, boys? Okay. Mike Wallace, who has been very good for fantasy owners this season. The guy has scored a touchdown in all but what one game. He has been consistent. He is the top option in that passing game for Ryan Tannehill. And I like the matchup in the Windy City. The Bears have allowed 10 touchdown catches and their last four home games. So, Mike Wallace is someone, you listen to this, Marcus? Because I could trade him to you yeah. right now <laughs> that you should be starting this week and probably every week going forward. Go ahead, Money. I Beware, see fantasy viewers. I when Favs is
1: right now a player, you're going to see an awful showcasing. lot of them on this uh, show. All right, Akbar, who do you got?
3: I, I have Deshaun Jackson. You know, Deshaun Jackson, he was a little sleepy in that in the first part of that game, but then all of a sudden he came alive in that second oh, quarter. It takes and that one catch with Deshaun. Exactly. He's such an explosive player, and that's where he has value to me. Going up against the Tennessee Titans, you know, he's just one play away from getting you ten points right away. I mean, he can get on the board fast and in
4: a hurry, and that's why you always have to consider Deshaun Jackson. Marcus? We're going to Percy Harvin right here, and I, I know that he has been a disappointment so far this season, but – Part of the way teams have neutralized that Rams pass rush has been by getting the ball out quickly. And at this point, I've kind of given up on Percy Harvin as being a downfield threat in this Seattle offense, but they will get it to him quickly, right near the line of scrimmage. Plus, Maybe we see the jet sweep come back. Remember the one play Cordero Patterson had this year? Yeah, I remember. It was against the Rams. One. First week against, It was against the one. Rams. So hopefully the jet sweep makes its return to the Seahawks offense this week.
1: Is this um, there is a uh, theory in economics called confirmation bias, which is you know you proclaim something's going to happen <laughs> and then you keep proclaiming it's going to happen because you so happened, desperately right? want <laughs> to be confirmed on your original. <laughs> is that what's happening? That's with exactly. you and Bruce That's exactly. That's totally
4: what's happening right now. Eventually it's got to hit, yeah. right?
1: And you, you thought know. it was going to happen? Do we? Weeks ago with the three touchdowns they it called him back. Uh, you know what? Speaking of confirmation bias <laughs> about Torrey Smith, because I projected that Tory would keep his run going from last season, where he posted the first one thousand yard receiving season by a receiver in Baltimore that was drafted by the team, and maybe we saw a little glimpse of that last week with the two touchdowns. Now the Bucks didn't do a whole lot to stop anybody on the Baltimore Ravens. But as it pertains to Torrey Smith, understand the Falcons are another great defense for him to do some damage against. Five most receiving yards to wide receivers this season, 16 25-plus receptions. That is second most in the league. What does Torrey Smith do? Doesn't he run straight real fast? Yeah, he does. Those two things seem to play, or I should say are in concert with what I would like to see with my confirmation (laughs) bias, uh, Torrey, do. All right, for more now, let's throw it over to Adam Rank.
5: Thanks, buddy. It's time now for Like Dislike presented Corona. What's up, fantasy people? Adam Rank here. Every week I give you my likes and dislikes. And, well, you know, the deal, sports, TV, movies. Oh, my gosh. I was so blown away by the slate of DC comic movies coming out in the next six years. I totally forgot to mention Sons of Anarchy. Thankfully, I didn't forget the fantasy football. My first like of the week, Joe Flacco, who was amazing last week against the Bucks. But it would be foolish to expect him to come out and throw five touchdowns again. Well, I mean... Don't not throw five touchdowns on my account. I would certainly be agreeable to Flacco doing that again. I just don't want to expect it. Oh, wait. You know what? Now I do expect it. The Falcons have allowed the fourth most passing yards this season. Just six touchdowns, though. However, what Flacco will half that this week? That means three. Monty, I'm doing the math. All right. Let's stay in this game. And I dislike Matt Ryan. And it's not necessarily Ryan, but it's his offensive line. It's not good. I mean, they had Levine Toilolo played offensive tackle a few weeks ago. He's a tight end, people, but yeah, maybe this is a little bit about Ryan, too. I'm just going to put it out there on Front Street and say Ryan hasn't played well on the road. Six picks in three roadies this year. Jeez, dude, you turn into Eli Manning when you're on the road. All right, cheap shot. Let's move on to the running back position, and an hombre I absolutely like is Fred Action Jackson. I like him tons because, well, he's not C.J. Spiller, but most importantly, Jackson has been a lifeline to us who have been besieged at the running back position, be it injuries, suspensions, or just general CJ Spillerness. Jackson has a great matchup against the Vikings who have been very charitable to running backs this year, so get him into your lineup. And finally, I don't like Andre Johnson much this week. The Steelers have been tough on receivers this season, and Dre Day just made his annual visit to the end zone last week, so it's not likely to happen again. If, you had, if I had Johnson on my roster, I would actually try to move him right now. He's got the rep, he had a great game last week, and he could be somebody to put together in a package deal. Otherwise, you're going to be on your own if you're going to go ahead and start him. Wow. You think we're done? No, you're so cute. Here are some more of my likes and dislikes this week. Russell Wilson, Andre Ellington, T.Y. Hilton, who, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw him wearing some pretty cool Andrew Luck socks. i got to get a pair of those myself. Eli Manning, who I took the cheap shot on, of course, I do not like this week. Saints running backs in general, I am staying away from all of them because we don't know who the guy's going to be, and they're going up against the Lions, who are very tough against the run. All right, that was Like Dislike presented by Corona. Still to come, you won't, you won't want to miss our list of super sleepers. We're telling you which sleeping giants are set to awake and deliver you huge fantasy points on sunday but first which of these gunslingers is going to lead you to fantasy glory this weekend find out when we come back with our top qb starts for week seven this is nfl fantasy live
1: sunday brett Favre is live on game day morning with his thoughts as peyton manning prepares to break his career touchdown record nfl game day morning sunday at 9 a.m eastern live on nfl network Again, our experts put their big brains together and came up with quarterback rankings. Here you go, number one, Andrew Luck. A lot of people suspect in a shootout between the Colts and the Bengals at Lucas Oil Stadium. Tom Brady already did his damage, and he delivered. If you decided to start him on a Thursday night, 22-plus points. Quarterbacks 11 through 20. Hey, we got ourselves a Derek Carr siding. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's talk about those quarterback starts. You like this week, fans, get us started.
2: Well, I'm going to start with Colin Kaepernick, and he's got a weird trend going of being really good on the road this year. So far in road games, Kaepernick is averaging over 22 fantasy points per game, and we've seen him go off last week against the Rams. He also has two or more touchdown passes in six of his last seven road games. The Broncos are allowing an average of right around 18 fantasy points per game, and I think that's your floor for Kaepernick this week. 18's the floor. He's got a very high ceiling in this game, so start him.
1: All right, if you own Kaepernick, make sure he is in your lineup. You're going a little deeper here, Marcus. I
2: am. Remember that guy, Johnny Manziel? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me neither. I haven't heard Uh,
1: of him. You (laughs) know,
4: Brian Hoyer has played really well, and he's starting to lock up that starting job. He's not a guy you're going to start every week. The Browns offense, especially the passing game, is really inconsistent. But Andrew Hawkins has had a good year. We've seen Miles Austin make some plays in that offense. Now Jordan Cameron is back and making big plays down the field in that offense for Cleveland. And so Hoyer's a guy you have you have on your bench, probably on the waiver wire actually in a lot of leagues. This is the matchup you put him in. You don't get a lot of these, take advantage of
3: the and ones you Maybe you got have.
1: Nick Foles, he's on a bye. Go there on, go. pick up Brian Hoyer and get your points. How about it, Akbar?
3: Well, we saw the success that Colin Kaepernick had against the St. Louis Rams. I think we're going to see the same type of success with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, and you've been hearing a lot about, you know, Daryl Bevel really focusing and putting this emphasis on the run game. Don't for a minute think that that's going to affect the production of Russell Wilson. He's a part of that run game as well. Remember, they have that read option. But more importantly, when they establish the run with Marshawn Lynch, that's the force. That is a true concern for any defense. That opens up the pass game for Russell Wilson, and that's where his value comes all together full circle.
1: Uh, I know Andy Dalton was a top-ten quarterback last season, and he may have been drafted at the start of the fantasy year, but he had such a tough go in the early games uh, this season that he's probably on a lot of waiver wires right now. So if you are looking for a spot start this week, even if... A.J. Green is not going to go. We saw the shootout last week against Carolina. I suspect we're going to see a lot more of the same. While the Colts' defense is one of the best sacking defenses in the league, the Bengals' offensive line has allowed just two all season. I suspect that is going to hold up because of that talented personnel and that particular group. All right, fantasy fans, if you want to know if we like Tony Romo and Cam Newton, it starts this week. Check out NFL.com slash now. Download the app for free. We'll be dishing out more guys exclusively for NFL Now viewers, and it is time now, it's everybody's favorite time, sleepers. Sleepers for the week, something only we know about. You don't, but because you're watching the show, you're going to get to cash in. Akbar, you like somebody on the Chargers not named Keenan Allen.
3: Yes, and that's right. That's Malcolm Floyd. He's one of my former teammates. Still stay in contact with him. In fact, spending a lot of time talking to him back and forth, going back on text messages. He's pretty confident going into this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I love the matchup, and I think he's a great sleeper. We put a lot of focus on the tight ends. You know about what Antonio Gates done, you know about Keenan Allen, what he did last year. But this year, it's all about Malcolm Floyd, and he was that guy coming into last year as well, but he got hurt, and so that's where Keenan Allen really had the opportunity to step up. But I know Malcolm Floyd, and I can tell you one thing about him. He catches everything and anything that's in the vicinity of him, and so that's why he's going to have... A big game against the Chiefs.
1: Fabs, you're going to keep the uh, quarterback love going here with your sleeper.
2: Let's do it. I don't know Carson Palmer. I met him once at Super Bowl 41, but we don't <laughs> text message, and he probably doesn't remember me. But I still like him this week against I'm the tell Oakland Raiders. About you. Please do that. Did you know that in their last seven home games, the Raiders have given up 25 touchdown passes? Money. Do the math there. That's over three per game. Palmer, 320 passing yards per game in his last three Two touchdown passes in three straight games. I'm starting Carson Palmer. I think he could be a top-ten quarterback this week.
1: Actually, better than three and a half if you want me to do the math. I'm just saying. Storm Johnson, (laughs) uh, he got 10 carries. He only rushed for 21 yards last week against the Titans. But this Browns defense, it has been ravaged by injury along the front of that defensive line. And the numbers bear it out. They they are allowing nearly five yards per carry this season and uh, 150 rush yards per game. Yes, Blake Bortles has been a lot better than Chad Henney since he was inserted into the starting lineup, slinging that ball around. But Gus Bradley still wants to run the ball, and Storm Johnson's going to be the guy to do it. Marcus. I'm going with Jordan Reed here. This is a guy that you've probably been waiting on
4: for most of the season to get into your lineup. Chances are you may have snatched him off the waiver wire a couple of weeks ago. And he's going to be a big part of the middle of the field for Washington. Kirk Cousins has been struggling throwing the football. He's thrown a lot of picks. He's thrown in a lot of key situations. It's nice to have a quality tight end in the center of the field you can use as a security blanket. And the Titans have had a really tough time covering the middle of the field. Tight ends have really abused them the last few weeks, and I think Jordan Reed is going to be the next in line to pick up some big numbers.
1: I know that it's not Keyshawn Johnson saying, throw me the damn ball. I know that it is not Des Bryant demanding more targets, but Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson have had a special relationship as a thrower and catcher since the two arrived in Seattle, and Baldwin was not happy with the amount of targets and with the way he was used in that loss. To the Cowboys and against a defense that has allowed an awful lot of touchdown passes, the Rams, seven on the season. I believe he will get and uh, he'll, he'll get to the end zone once. So I'm going to say not a huge day, but you see the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. You're going to get at least one touchdown from Doug Baldwin, the, maybe a nine to a an 11 point. Theory, exactly. I, I believe in the squeaky wheel. And I believe even though Percy Harvin's the most talented wide receiver, Doug Baldwin is the go to target when the chips are down.
3: Hey, money, can I one up you? Please. I think my sleeper wide receiver, Malcolm Floyd, does better than your sleeper. How about that?
1: What are we going to put on this?
3: Um, you, I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> <let> Malcolm Floyd <laughs> take you We'll figure it out. We'll, uh, pluot, how about that? Coming up, what do you say, uh, fantasy fans? Should we talk running backs to bench or top flex plays for the weekend? We took to Twitter to see what you wanted, so stay tuned. The results are next. With NFL Now, never miss another game highlight, ever. Subscribe today and you'll get instant game highlights on all your devices. Download the NFL Now app today. Learn more at NFL.com now. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Matt Money Smith here with all the guys. Akbar's got his dance pants on. That's why he's laughing. <laughs> Earlier this week, we tweeted out to you, our fans slash viewers, asking if you'd rather us talk about running backs to bench or flex options for the week, well, you see it here. Your wish is our command. It wasn't Uh even close. You want the flex play. So, Fabs, get us started. Flex play that you are uh, throwing into one of those 11 lineups that you have. 11, exactly. There we go.
2: Unfortunately, I don't have this guy on any of those teams. Oh, no! But I should because I loved him last year. Lamar Miller, I was one year too soon on Miller. This year, he's been great. He's breaking out, having a sleeper campaign. And I like the matchup against the Bears. Seven rushing touchdowns allowed in their last seven home games. During that time, they've allowed an average of 150 rushing yards. So, they can still be had against the run, even though they've
5: been better this year.
2: Yeah. I'm going no Lamar Miller. No 100-yard rushers yet.
1: But, like you said, 150 on the ground. Who else are they going to give the ball to? Is Danny exactly. Thomas still there? How about a rank?
5: Can I speak to the 26% who wanted a running back to bench, or do I got to go with the flex play? Uh, flex play. I'll flex play. go, fine. I'll go with there. the flex play. I'm going to go with Jeremy Hill. I have got this conundrum. I have uh, Kelvin Benjamin, and I'm deciding you know, whether I'm going to be able to play him or not. But thankfully, I have Jeremy Hill on my squad. I'm going to go ahead and put him in there. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but what he does is make the most of the ones that he does get. He touched the ball about 12 times last week, still scored a touchdown. They got a great matchup this week against the Colts, who are very generous. To fantasy running backs. And let's look at the uh, situation there in Cincinnati. AJ Green missing some time, it looks like. So they're going to lean heavily on that running game, which means a lot of Giovanni Bernard and Hill.
1: Well, from uh, Hugh Jackson, OC, to Hugh Jackson, former head coach of the.
5: Yeah, we're going with James
4: Jones here. Andre Holmes, I know, is kind of the flavor of the week after he had the breakout week last week. And he's he's a good vertical threat. He can get down the field, he can stretch defenses. James Jones is that veteran presence who can run all the routes. He knows how to get open. He can make plays in the middle of the field. And for a young quarterback, even as talented as Derek Carr is, it's nice to have that guy, and I like
1: James. He got that arm talent, no doubt. How about it, Akbar?
4: Well, Michael Crabtree, he's not the same guy that he was
3: just a couple years ago with uh, Colin Kaepernick, but he's still very productive. A lot more weapons for the San Francisco 49ers. Going up against the Broncos, I still like him to have that same chemistry, as, but in a flex capacity. That's where he is right now. Flex so, capacitor? You know, it, <laughs> that actually makes sense. I'm going to use that line later on. Yeah, you are. But, but when you talk about <laughs> Michael Crabtree, no still the most targeted guy for Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll build off that, Akbar, and go with Manny Sanders. The only reason, and, and I know Manny Sanders is probably in your lineup, but just in case you were buying what they were selling on Monday Night Football about, how good this San Francisco secondary has become, remember who they were facing. Austin Davis, a porous offensive line of the St. Louis Rams. This is the Denver Broncos. So for all of you that want to celebrate Parrish Cox and this newfound continuity in the back end of that defense, let's see what they can do against Manny Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, and this Bronco passing attack. Let's do it. Bands, you, know you got what? one more? You know what? We got a of couple course. seconds left. What do you got? Bunch. Let's go. T.Y.
2: Hilton, 26 catches okay. in his last three home games. And I think Terrence Williams finds the end zone this week against the Giants. All right.
1: But, but that, does Eli, Terrence, Eli Manning, to, can't show T.Y. Does Eli Eli Manning do? sign the wall oh, 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 again? Oh, 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 does Eli <laughs> Manning that's sign T.Y. the wall?
2: No, Cowboys
1: Okay. Cowboys win. Cowboys All right. That's going to do it for us here. We will see you Sunday morning at 1130 Eastern on NFL Now and the NFL Red Zone channel with all the latest injury news and fantasy notes leading up to kickoff. Oh, your
5: left-handed?
0: Shop now at a store near you.
6: XCOM.com slash compatibility.